0: Welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. It is our goal to take the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you not only enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we hope and pray that it changes your heart and moves all of us to life change and action. God bless and enjoy.
1: This morning, we're going to look at the crucifixion and the burial of Jesus Christ. But before we dive into that, um, if you saw my video this week, you saw this resource is available for you. And so it's called Easter at Home, and it tells you how to use the resource. But if you really look at it, it tells you starting today, you are here. It's this is Palm Sunday, Jesus' triumphal entry, and it leads you all the way through the week, through resurrection, through the cross, through the Passover, all through all the things that are there. So it's a great resource for our families and a great resource for you who just love the artistic side of it, but also it gives a way that you can do some of the activities at home that might help it go a little bit further in their understanding. So... These copies are out here, out here, or they're right before you go into the gym at our Friendship at Home area. And you can pick up your copy today and go through it this week. So, just wanted to highlight that and tell you about that as we get going this morning. Well, this morning we're looking at the crucifixion of Jesus. So, if you have your copy of God's Word, turn it into um, John chapter 19 and you can... Put your finger there, however it works. If you are doing the digital thing, you can scroll there, however that goes. But in the preceding weeks, we've led up to the cross. We've went through all the things that Jesus had to endure. He chose to endure on our behalf. Jesus chose to go through the public humiliation, the beating, being sentenced to his death. And as we look at today... We know that He is the ultimate sacrificial lamb that Jesus was. And He chose to die for all people's sin. If you're a student of the Old Testament, they did sacrificial offerings. And so they would typically take two different lambs. One of those lambs would be sacrificed upon an altar. And a lot of times the other would be released out into the wilderness. Now, that was a payment for our sins in that respect of getting right with God. But it was also the remission of sins, sin going away. So the forgiveness of sin. And so we we draw that analogy and it really is something that goes there in the New Testament as we talk about Jesus being the sacrificial lamb for the sins of mankind once and for all. So there's deep rooted ties behind the example of him that way. And so we see here in this passage that Jesus is given over to be crucified. What does that mean? That meant that he is sentenced to die by crucifixion. Crucifixion being the worst type of death that could be enacted on a human being by the Roman Empire during that time period. It was one of those things that said for the criminal or for whoever they chose, don't mess with us. This is the worst of the worst, the most painful, the most difficult way to die in that time. But we know that he chose to do that. So let's look at John chapter 19. Let's look at verse 16. In verse 16 it says, So so he then handed him over to be crucified. They took Jesus therefore and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. It said, There they crucified him between two other men, one on either side, and Jesus in between. So the crucifixion, they nailed him to the cross through his hands and through his feet. They nailed him there, not only separating his shoulders, they stretched him out on both sides, but they also put it through his legs and through his I mean through his feet there, that he might have to lift up, try to get a breath. Because crucifixion, as you went through all of that, you couldn't hold yourself up. And so all of what was happening within him would cause a great deal of pain. And most people were up there for a while and they would eventually suffocate. Because they could no longer hold themselves up. But in that crucifixion with Jesus and on both sides, you see the, the criminal that deserved to be there. Pilate makes a response, and he knew he would strike a nerve with this because the people that that he'd been interacting with were the Jewish people. And so those were the people that wanted him crucified, Jesus. So Pilate makes a response by putting an inscription and put it above the cross. And it was written, Jesus the Nazarene, the king of the Jews. Therefore, many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and as it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews were saying to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. And Pilate answered this, What I have written, I have written. So you've got to think that all of these things are going on in Pilate's mind of what has just happened. Now, Pilate was Roman, so he didn't come from that background. He wasn't set to believe who Jesus was, but he also felt like Jesus was telling the truth. So there was a juxtaposition in that respect. Now, we see within the passages in verse 23 and following that Jesus' clothing was divided and taken. Now, where have we seen this before? We've seen this throughout Scripture, of what was set to happen in Jesus' And what would happen to him? Verse 23 in this passage says that the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his outer garments and made four parts. A part to every soldier and also the tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece. And so they said to one another, let us not tear it, but let us cast lots to it to decide Whose it shall be? This was to fulfill scripture. They divided my outer garments among them. And for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But who was standing there as well? Who was in attendance that day? Who was at the foot of the cross? Who was beside all this that was going on? It was Jesus. It was his mother that was there. And his mother's sister, Mary wife of Clophus, and Mary Magdalene. So all those were watching what was happening. Now I imagine that Mary was thinking, this is my son on this cross. Look at what he's going through. But also she understood her divine choice that she made when she was given that awesome appearance of the angel that told her that she would be with child and they were to name him Jesus and he would be the savior of the world. She could only imagine that this was the very thing that was spoken to her. So, what does Jesus do? Jesus calls out to his mother and those standing nearby. Verse 26, it says this When Jesus then saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished to fulfill the scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. He bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus willingly gave up his spirit. He died for our sins. He paid a sacrificial price that no one, nowhere, could actually do for us. Whereas the symbolic nature of the Old Testament used the lamb, Jesus was that sacrificial lamb. Jesus chose to die for me and die for you so that we might stand right before God. That we might understand that our salvation cost something see Jesus didn't just walk up there he was crucified it was painful because we got to realize that Jesus was both human and man so he felt the nails going in he felt all of the beating that he took he felt his shoulders separate he felt the agony and the pain of trying to breathe up there while things were going on he felt the loss that his mother must be feeling standing below him. He felt what the people might be going through as they were struggling to understand that if, if Jesus was here, why is he leaving and what is he doing? They, they struggled. His own disciples did what? They, they kind of went out this way and ran. Because they didn't know if that would happen to them too. There were so many things that were going on from the cross that we can remember as even, even throughout the gospel accounts, what happens with one of those that were there on the cross? What did they say? Remember me, right? Remember me when you go into paradise. Remember me. And we see that at one man was saying to the other, "What? He, look, we deserve to be here, but Jesus does not. So he calls unto Jesus. And there's a choice they're given. There's, there's those who deserve to be there and rightly so that they're there. But there's a decision for us all to believe and accept that Jesus died for us, that we were still a sinner when He died for us, that none of us is righteous enough, not even one of us. But at the appointed time, Jesus Christ paid with His life for our sin. And if we believe and trust in Him, we can be forgiven, forgiven, forgiven today. And Christ, when He sets us free, we are free indeed. That doesn't mean that He goes back and says, Remember what you did? Because that's the devil that pokes back at us and says, Remember that. But you can say, that was the old me. And I am the new now. Because Christ doesn't make mistakes. And Christ redeemed my soul. So if you're here this morning, and you do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, You might know about Him up here. You might have read a thousand times in the Bible. You might have heard a thousand sermons. You might have read a number of books. But unless you know Jesus as the way in your life to salvation, then you don't have that assurance that this world tries to take from you. That only Jesus can give. And so this morning, as we embrace what Jesus did on our behalf as He took and carried the cross, as He was crucified, and as He gave His life up. I want you to know, folks, this is not the end for Jesus. And your sin and your hardships and heartaches doesn't have to be the end for you as well. Jesus made a way out of your sin. Jesus gave everything so that you might have freedom in Him. And so this morning, with clarity, I want you to understand that there's hope in the name of Jesus. There's a way in the name of Jesus. And for all who call on His name will be saved. That means the Jew, the Greek, the Gentile. That means everybody who trusts and believes in Jesus can know Him as Lord and Savior, can be forgiven and saved. And that means, yes, some of you who are saying, even me. Even those who have done what they would say would be the worst unforgivable things, Jesus can do what no man can. Now, you and I might remember some things that we've done, but the bearing of that, the weight of that, the debt of that is no longer upon us. When Jesus forgives us, He scatters that as far as the east is the west. Praise God, right? That He forgives us for the worst offense. And gives us the measure to be born again in Him. That you and I might be able to stand before God blameless and righteous and pure yet again. So many things in this life don't give us a fresh start, do they? But so many times we need that new beginning, don't we? The best way to to know who you are and know who Christ is is to come to salvation in Him. And that means you don't have to have your house all the way fixed up. You don't have to have it all right. Jesus is the way that you begin that journey with Him. That you start in submission to Him. And He will save you. And He will change you. And He will give you a new life. And He'll give you a new start. The things that used to come out of your mouth won't come out of your mouth anymore. You'll be looking at things like God's Word as direction instead of looking at something else in this world to try to fill a hole in your life. And you'll look with purpose in the future and say, God has something better ahead of me. And I know for many of us over the past years, it's been one of those, we don't know how far or how bad things are going to get. But when we look to the cross, and when we look to Jesus, we see who we really are. And we see how we're really loved. So this morning, we're going to have a moment of invitation before we go into a time of celebrating the Lord's Supper. And so I ask you this morning, do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Have you accepted Him as your personal Lord and Savior? I'm not asking you this morning, has someone done that for you? I'm not asking you this morning if if you've been a part of our church service and felt a feeling. I'm asking you without a shadow of a doubt, do you know that Jesus saved and redeemed your soul? Or do you still feel the weight of sin in your life? There is freedom. There is hope. There is love. There is mercy. There is grace poured out for you and for me at the cross. Will you accept the love of Jesus Christ this morning, just as you are, will you come?
0: Thank you for joining the Friendship family today. Your time is your most valuable commodity, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share some of it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page. Both links can be found in the show notes below. Although we would greatly appreciate you leaving this podcast a rating or review, we would be eternally grateful if you would be willing to share it with someone else. We pray you have a God-filled day, and please remember, love God, love people, and reach the world.